excited about this upcoming year, uh, hence Vision 2017, all right? And uh, I'll preface everything by saying this, that as just really, you know, as the staff, the leadership team, we just really are looking forward to this next year. Uh, you know, church changes. The way that we do church, the way that things operate, it changes. And, and Northwood has, uh, it's, it's always astonishing. Every six or seven years, there's like this, there's this shift that starts taking place. Sometimes it takes two or three years for it to really fully kind of happen. But there's this, this unsettledness, this thing that starts saying, hey, what's, what's next? What's coming? And uh, we're in that place right now. And we're beginning to step out and, and I'm just excited about where things are headed. And I believe that 2017 is going to be a great year of clarity and uh, kind of redefinition of some things of why we're here, what we're doing, and where we're headed. And uh, I just I hope that you guys are excited about being a part of that journey. All right? Because, uh, yeah. So, so with all that said, why don't we jump into what we're talking about today? Is that good? Vision 2017. All right, we're wrapping up this year. We're, we're heading to another year. And every year, it's always good just to kind of take a step back. And I mean, you do this in your own life, I'm sure. If not, you, you should try it. <laughs> you know, take a step back, look at where, evaluate your life, where things are at, and kind of maybe, maybe stop some things that you were doing, start some new things. And then by January 2nd, stop those things too, uh, because New Year's resolutions never hardly ever work. But what we're going to do today is uh, we're going to look at why we do what we hear at Northwood. I mean, really, what are we doing? And also look at this next year, some things that are, are coming up, some, some changes and things that we're going to be doing. And uh, I want to start off with a question. Why do we do what we do as a church? Um, why, do, like, why are we here right now? You know, I mean, we got a lot of people visiting and families all getting together, but what? We, we come to church, man. It's church time. But why do we do this? Why do we gather together? I mean, why did you get in your car, drive through these, this, this disgusting weather to come sit in a seat and listen to somebody talk? I mean, if you really peel back, it's kind of strange, right? It's, it's okay, this is church, but this is what we do. But why are we doing it? Because we know what we're doing. We know that we're here. We know that church is a good place to be, being a part of the church. We know what we're doing a lot of times and, uh, you know, small groups and things like that. But if we forget why we're doing it, it's only a matter of time before the what gets mundane and old and boring. And then what do we want to do? We, we either want to change it just to change it because we're bored with it or we want to quit it. And uh, both of those, sometimes quitting is, is never a good thing. And and sometimes changing just to change something whenever you don't know why you're changing, it's also a waste of time and energy. So you don't want to do that. So I think it's important that today we look at, first of all, why we do what we do. So that way we can all rally around this thing. And, and so Proverbs 29:18 says this. It's in the message paraphrase. It says, if people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed or they're favored. Okay. They can't see what God is doing. When that happens, they stumble. Another, verse, another version says, without vision, people perish. People cast off restraints. People get lost. It's like, man, what am I doing? What's this thing all about? And so really what we are a part of or what we should be a part of is what matters to God. What is God's vision? That's what we should be rallying around. But guess what? That's even difficult sometimes to remember what are we trying to do? Because, like, yeah, I want to be a part of what God's doing. 
well, let's take, a, let's take the next step. What, what is God doing? What matters to God? Uh, you know, D.L. Moody said this, our greatest fear should not be a failure, but of succeeding at something that doesn't really matter. All right? I can't tell you how many times I've prayed this prayer over the last few years. Like, God, would you help me live a life that matters? Would you help me say things that matter? Would you help me work on things and work towards a goal that matters? Because, I, I mean, all of us are on the same page. We don't want to look back at the end of our lives and be like, what did I actually do? Like, like what did I accomplish I mean, I know I had a job and I know I, I bought a house and, you know, some of these regular things. But I, deeper than that, what did I really do that, that really mattered? It's important that as a church, we ask that same question. Are we really working and working towards, working on and working towards what God says matters? And so that's what we're going to look at. And really, God instituted the church to fulfill the mission of Jesus. Now, if you take church and look at it, and, and many of you know this, church means gathering, church means community. It doesn't mean what we're doing right now necessarily just a service, right? Actually, the church is made up of people. And it's so important that we realize that because if not, we can get really uh, caught up in the mindset that I'm going to church. And because I'm going to church, I'm therefore a part of the church. It's not really necessarily the thing. It's, it's about, it speaks about relationship and community, but God instituted the church, this gathering of people to fulfill the mission of Jesus. And all throughout scripture, if you sum up uh, what God desires to have uh, done and accomplished in people's lives, uh, especially through the church, it really comes down to these four components, all right? And we've done it a lot of different ways. We've put a lot of different vernacular on it, you know? I mean, y'all remember when consolidate, disciple send, and, and you know, you got all these different ways of saying the same thing. And, and by the way, we are gonna continue to do the same thing till Jesus comes back because there's really nothing else to do, all right? Okay, so again, let's not have that consumeristic mindset that says, all right, that was good, what next? It's like, no, there's a few things that will never change. And these four things, they just don't change. Number one is that lost people need to be saved. That's got, that has got to be taking place. Not only that, but saved people have to be pastored or cared for, they have to be healed, they have to be cared for. Saved people need to be pastored. Pastored people, they need to be trained or equipped. The Bible talks about being equipped to do the work of the ministry. They gotta be equipped. And then those trained people have got to be mobilized or activated. These four things have got to take place. And, and honestly, if all four of them aren't taking place, that church, that gathering is probably not taking ground. Knew a guy that, that went to a city and did some great work. He said, man, through, through the ministry, 250,000 people were saved in this area. And man, it was so great. We've seen people come to know Christ. And after a few years, um, there was not one person to show for it. A lot of people got saved, but there wasn't as many people that, that got pastored and then, or trained and equipped and mobilized. It was more of just like this big, yeah, flash in the pan and, and then we're done. And so I don't know about you guys, but I'm not really interested in being a part of that type of thing. I don't want to be a part of something that lasts for a year and it was really cool and it looked good on Instagram and then it's gone. All right. But something that's generational, something that lasts. And we've got to look at these four components and say, how are we doing these things? And again, you can look all throughout scripture and see, I mean, you can go to the Old Testament and Exodus and, and even see how the children of Israel went through this process physically. And then you can go in other scriptures and see how it happened, uh, how it happened spiritually in people. And we're going to look at Ephesians 1, verse 17 through 19, again, out of the message. And it says this, 
I ask the God of our master, Jesus Christ, the God of glory, to make you intelligent and discerning in knowing him personally. Your eyes focus in clear so that you can see exactly what it is he is calling you to do, to grasp the immensity of this glorious way of life he has for his followers. In this verse, in these verses, we see these four things displayed. Number one, uh, you intelligently and uh, intelligent and discerning and knowing him personally. That speaks of being saved. Lost people have got to be saved and see God for who he is. And then that your eyes are focused and clear. It really speaks about finding some freedom. It speaks about being able to see clearly. The Bible talks about how the, the God of this world has, uh, has blinded the eyes of unbelievers and those blinders need to be, be removed. We are a part of that process. And then it says uh, to see exactly what it is he is calling you to do. Some people's blinders have not been removed and so therefore they cannot see that they are called and God has called them to do something. Uh, they just think, hey, again, here we are at church. All right, but no, there's a greater purpose so that you can see and grasp the immensity of this glorious way of life. Uh, that really speaks of actively living out your calling. All right, so you'll see how these four things, and again, this is just one illustration. There's many others, but we're just going to grab that one for today. But what we want to do is take those four steps and show you how we're doing that here at Northwood, um, the why behind the things that we do, all right? And so that's what, that's what today is about, four ways that we want to help people. The first way is that we want to help people know God. That is the first step. Lost people have got to come to a place where they can find God and know him. And the way that we do that primarily is through services. Now stats say that people still today in this day and age, most people get saved or find God in a church service. That's not the only place. For some of you, it might've been your kitchen, you know what I'm saying, in the car by yourself, that's great. But, but the majority of people, they come into a room like this, they, they, they sit through a service, they hear a message brought to them. And in that moment, they're confronted with their, their life. They're confronted with their lifestyle and, and where they're at. And, and they choose to follow Jesus. And so that's an important thing for us to understand. It's also, that's why we, we put so much in, uh, focus on our services. And there's a few things about our services that we want them to, to feel like and look like. Uh, because we believe that we're called to continue the mission of Jesus. Jesus was all about seeking and saving the lost and destroying the works of the enemy. That's what Jesus, that, that was his focus. He, did, his focus. he didn't get distracted by the things that other people got distracted by. It, one thing that I always see is I see the religious leaders, the people that had been in church a long time and knew all the rules, they got distracted by things that didn't matter. But it was always amazing that they'd be talking about all these things. They'd be on this plane right here talking and, and you know, throwing rocks and all this kind of stuff. And, and Jesus would say something that was up here. It was above where they were thinking and it was above the plane that they were on. And many times it silenced them. They got really quiet. They just kind of walked away from some of the fights. They didn't know what to say. Why? Jesus just told them what's up. And they realized, oh, wow. So it's not about this small petty thing right here. Man, when you're talking about people needing to know God, there's a lot of petty things that can get in the way. But when it comes down to it, the main thing, man, do they know Jesus? Are they being offered this, this good news? Acts 20, 24 says, the most important thing is that I complete my mission, the work that the Lord Jesus gave me to tell people the good news about God's grace. That is our primary responsibility. That is the first step that we cannot forget. Because if we're not careful, Lost people get saved, saved people get pastored, and then all of a sudden there's this, there, there's this stopping that takes place. There's this settling. And, and that's where churches become clicky. 
okay? And they become like us four no more. All right, this is, this is my seat. This is where I, see, I sit every Sunday. And so whenever they walk up, they see somebody sitting there, they kind of go, I guess I'll sit right next to you and stare at you funny, you know? That's a weird environment, right? Well, what's the deal? Man, this is my seat. You know, I got my plaque on the pew, man. This is, I mean, this is our thing. I'm telling you, this is what happens. Forgetting that our primary, the reason that we're existing is to help people know God. That's our mission statement. We exist to help people know God. So services are important, but how do we do services? Well, we focus on a life-giving environment in our services. We want our services to be something that you come to, that you get challenged in, but you also get encouraged in to go out and actually do what we're talking about doing, okay? Uh, how many of you have been to a service at times where you walk away depressed and like, <laughs> I don't wanna do this. You know, we don't, we don't really seek for that to happen. We want our services to be life-giving because uh, Jesus is life-giving. Jesus, everywhere he went, he brought life and, uh, and hope. And so we wanna be able to do the same through our services. And we, we have five aspects of our services that we believe uh, need, to be, need to be right. And the, the first is services should be authentic. We want our services to be in an environment where it's real, it's authentic. Like, like how I'm talking right now, um, honestly, is how I talk at my house. You know, if, I, if we were having this conversation, it's real. We don't, we don't, like the preachers don't put on a different hat whenever we get up here and like turn into uh, you know, like weird mode and start saying words that are weird and strange and you have no idea what they're talking about. You know, it's, we want an environment that says, hey, we're all real people. You're sitting next to real people who have the same issues as, as you do. And, and so we have to be real in that. This isn't a place to come to and put on your church face, put on your church emotion, because you know I'm supposed to lift my hands like this and I'm supposed to smile. It's, it's meet and greet time. Hey, how you, things are great. You know, they're really not. No, be authentic, be real. The other thing is that services should be relevant. They should matter. We want our, the things that we talk about to actually matter to your Monday through Saturday not be some high lofty thing that literally you're like, man, that was awesome. I don't, I don't know what happened and I don't know what they said, but it was awesome. You know, that's not very useful sometimes, okay? So we want it to be relevant. We want services to be enjoyable where there's just a relaxed environment where you can actually enjoy being here, all right? A lot of stuff happens in church services. There's a lot of, uh, of heavy things that are, that are happening, but you know, sometimes it might be heavy, but it can still be enjoyable. All right, and so that's what we want our services to be like. We believe they are like that. Also, our services need to be accepting. This is a huge thing, accepting. Uh, man, if, I, if we just talk about the racial divide in our, in our country uh, that seeps into the church, um, I was astonished to hear recently that a, a couple was asked to leave a church, uh, not around here, uh, in, not in this community, but um, asked to leave a church because they were different races and they were married. And I was like, what? Now, I, I grew up in an environment that was completely separate than that. So that is, like, it doesn't make sense in my mind. It, it, it literally, it just doesn't connect. But that's still going on today. And I'm like, that is, that is so not Jesus, <laughs> just to put it in simply. It's just, it's just not what he came to start and do is to have that type of stuff. And this has always been a church that has uh, pushed out. Like, you know, if somebody came into the church and they had that, that type of uh, thing or maybe that, that prideful mindset, like, you know, I'm, I'm a little, I'm a step above everybody else here. This has always been a culture that has squeezed those people out because y'all know sometimes it's good for that to happen for, there's certain things that need to be squeezed out and, and removed. 
and not tolerate it. And that's one thing that'll never be tolerated here. Racism and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, there's no room for it. And so, you know, you as owners and, and people that are a part of this church, if you ever hear that, if you ever feel that, if somebody ever starts talking like that, uh, own it. Man, what are you talking about? Are you saying this? Man, that's not, first of all, that's not Jesus. Second of all, that's not, that's not this community. That's not this church. So uh, you need to go talk to somebody and get, get, get that handled. You know what I'm saying? We ain't got time for it. Because <laughs> we're going to accept people no matter your background, no matter where you're coming from, all right? Because that's what Jesus did. So also number five, services uh, should be powerful. Everything that we do, we pray that God would always lead it and guide it and be a part of it and his presence would be a part of it. Um, we never want to just work really hard and not have the anointing, the oil of God. However, you know, church words you want to put on it, man, it's the presence and it's the power of God that infiltrates what you do. That It's like his stamp of approval. It's his blessing. It's his favor on it. And that's what actually makes it matter is the power of God. And so we always, today, before service began, we walked this room we, we, and we, we pray over every seat. We pray over what's happening because it's important. If it's just words that are coming out of somebody's mouth to a brain of somebody else, that's not enough. Man, God's got to be in the mix. The Holy Spirit has to take those words and, um, uh, you know, use it. So that's number one, is that uh, we want to help people know God. And, um, you know, like I said earlier, stats say that most people come to know God through a church service. And, and I think, you know, we kind of, we realize that. I don't know that we realize that stats also say that the number one way that people actually show up to church in the first place is that somebody invited them, all right? So if you think that social media and, uh, and NC News and then just us standing up here, we'd like to invite all of you, which is kind of funny if you think about it for a moment. We're standing up here, we're inviting the church to church stuff, like to the church, like to the... Well, we should be, like, they should already be there, right? But, so now we're talking about inviting people to the things that we do or the church services that we have. Uh, in order for you to invite people, you actually got to be there. Uh, that's the first step, all right? So it's kind of important, uh, unless you're like the guy I heard of one time, uh, he had invited somebody and they showed up at his service and, uh, and he was still asleep. <laughs> he was not going that day. And he said, hey, man, I came today. Uh, where are you at? Ugh. I'm coming to the 11:15. You know what I'm saying? I'm coming to the second service. No, man, you gotta actually be there. But y'all know the responsibility that you have on you to literally invite people to church. Let me tell you this: if you invite people to church and you invite them to these services, come on, we all believe together that they will come to know God. I believe it. You do what you you do what only you can do. And, and, and the pastors, and, and we'll do what only we can do as far as the service is concerned, as far as communicating things to the best of our ability. Bring them here. We're not going to embarrass them. We're not going to do anything weird, okay? Uh, how many of you, um, don't raise your hand, have been in, in kind of hesitant to invite somebody to church because you're like, man, I really don't actually want them to go. It's kind of weird. <laughs> they won't understand what's going on. Uh, we're not going to do anything weird. But bring them because we're all praying, and we're believing that God is gonna make himself known to them and they will choose to follow him. We really believe in that. So start picturing those people, get their names in your head. Who are you gonna start inviting to church? Next week, Christmas, we got services, nine and 10.30, invite somebody out. Well, first of all, come to church. Um, we're having church on Christmas? 
Shocking. Yeah, we are. We're going to have some church, and it's going to be good. By the way, it's a special service. Uh, kids zero through two will be taken care of. Three and up will actually be in here with us. It's going to be a, it's going to be a little bit different service, a one-hour service. And uh, so, so come with your family and have a good time. But we put focus on our services because that's where people primarily, they, they get to know God there. Number two is we want to help people find freedom. This is that next step. Saved people are pastored. They're healed. They're cared for. People come and find freedom uh, what we do for this is we do small groups to meet this need. Now, people can find freedom in many different ways, but this is one of the main ways that we focus on. We really believe in small groups. We believe that, that small groups are the biblical model. All right, this is good. This is great. We'll continue to do big environments like this, but the small environments are just as important because people need to be known People need to be healed. The Bible talks about, uh, in James 5, it talks about confessing your, sin, your faults one to another to be healed. See, we go to God for forgiveness, and that's important. But, man, we need people to be healed. I can't tell you how many times in my life I've, I've asked God for forgiveness in something. Like, oh, God, I'm so sorry. And, and I believe, man, God right there in that moment has forgiven me. But there's something about going to that person that I did it to or just going to a person and getting it off my chest and saying, man, I did this. I just got to tell somebody, what is it about that? Then you, you walk away and you can breathe. You know what I'm talking about? You're like, well, the weight's been lifted. I mean, I had prayed about it, but there's something about that one-two punch. It's biblical. That's why it's in the Bible. We must go one to another, confess our faults to be healed. Small groups is a great place where you can settle your yesterday. A lot of people come into church and it's like from that moment forward, they're just looking forward and trying to move forward, but they can't help but constantly be looking behind. You know, man, six months ago I did this and I said I would never do that. And man, I, I did it. And then guess what? All they're doing is looking in the past and because they never settle that, they can never be excited and have hope for the future. You gotta settle your yesterday. One of the main things that we do to help with that is LIFE groups, life groups where you can get into this, this, this group with other people who are, again, authentic, real people who are in the same boat as you are. Talk about some very, very difficult subjects. Forgiveness is really one of the biggest ones. Talk through all these things and at the end, get together for a retreat. It's amazing what God does in those environments, how many chains are broken off of people's lives and they truly find freedom. We're, gonna, we're gonna actually gonna talk about that a little bit later today. But that's one of the ways that we do it here at Northwood. And so honestly, it's not like one of those groups that we just say, hey, it'd be really cool if you did that. It's one of those groups that we say, you got to, you got to go through this group. You've got to be a part of it because if you don't settle your past, it's very difficult to look to the future. And if you don't understand how God views you, it's very, it's very difficult to really see the potential that you have. And so, man, groups are so important to get in relationships with people. As the church grows bigger, it's sometimes very difficult to keep that small feel, that family feel to where you get lost in a service. And honestly, some of you, you probably don't know one person in this whole room right now. And if it stays like that, it's very awkward. And, and you, never like set, you never get your roots in there. And, um, and so we want to provide more opportunities for that. Small groups is one of those ways. Um, I'm, in a, uh, I'm in an ultimate Frisbee group right now. And, um, you know, it's, it's just amazing how, you know, certain aspects of your life are tested in a way, uh, in a special way, whenever you get, you know, pelted in the head with a Frisbee or something like that. I mean, it's just a special part of your heart that is revealed in those moments. And, uh, you know... <laughs> So uh, anyway, we got all sorts of groups, all sorts of groups, but it's important that you find freedom 
and progress in those groups. So we got groups for men and women and married people. Uh, actually, in NC Kids, which we're going to talk about in a little bit, uh, we've started small groups this past year where they can get in smaller environments and talk about the specific subjects they're talking about. Seeing great results from that. And uh, but the, the the main thing, the why, why do we do it? It's to help people find freedom. To help people find freedom. Number three. We want to help people discover purpose. Discover purpose. This is really kind of equipping and training people. The way that we do that is we do, we, we do the growth track. Now, in case you don't know what the growth track is, it's a four-week class, all right? We'll, we'll delve into it. After a four-week class, you are not fully equipped and trained to take on the earth. You know what I'm saying? It's a, it's a catalyst. It's a start. Okay, we cover some, some basic things. The first week we discover uh, or we talk about uh, uh, following Jesus. Essentials 101. We talk about what it means to follow Jesus. And the next step from that is to be baptized. Look, if you've, if you've gotten saved, your next step right now, if you've never been baptized, is to be baptized. It's a biblical thing. It's a next step. That's our hope for people in that class. Uh, church 201 is the second week. And it's where we, we talk to you about connecting to the local church. We talk to you about this church, what we're doing, where we're headed. And uh, our goal through that is to get you connected to a small group. We believe in them, so we want everybody to be a part of them. Uh, the third week is Discovery 301. It's where you can discover your God-given design. Look, discovering purpose is a huge deal because you've got to realize that you are unique. Okay, now we hear that a lot in our day and age. It's like, you're, you're just, you're a special person. You know, you're just a special, but you're actually special because God designed you that way. Like you have a unique gifting. It doesn't matter how you view yourself. We get trapped in that, you know, well, they're just really good at that. So that's why they can do that. No, they're regular people too. You have to discover your purpose, discover your worth. And this is our goal. We want to help you understand that. Talked to a guy recently. One of the things that we do in this is like a, a gifting test and a personality test. And he's like, dude, it's, it's crazy to see. And that's me on a piece of paper. <laughs> you know, that, that's exactly why. Be, because, I mean, we got to learn these things. And, and it's important to, to know these things so that we can progress. Uh, I mean, you know, you talk about marriage. Uh, whenever you can realize that your spouse it was made that way and they're not doing that just to annoy you, <laughs> all right? That's, they're actually made that way. Uh, it takes the personal thing out of it, you know, and, and it really helps you to kind of understand each other better. Why? You're growing and understanding how you were made, your unique design. And Teams 401 is the fourth week, and it's where you can get on an uh, in-house team, which we'll discuss in a second. But uh, again, if you haven't been through the growth track, you're really missing out on a lot of what we do here at this church. Um, I'm kind of rolling over everything at once right now. But if you're just coming on Sundays, you're missing out on really what this church is about. This church is not just a service. It's not just a service. That's like 25% of what's going on. It's more than that. So, so get in the growth track. Sign up. Every month we, we do it. Number four, we're called to help people make a difference. This is where we talk about those equipped people being activated, being mobilized. This is important, guys, because if a church does not have people that are activated and mobilized, it stops. Many of you in this room, you, the, the last three things I just talked about, you're like, oh, yeah, I did all that, did all that. And this next one, certain aspects of this, this is where you can really get bogged down. This is where, this is a long process right here, making a difference. This one never stops. And so it's not a temporary thing. And so what happens is you lose interest if you don't remember the why. 
okay? So making a difference. Ephesians 1, it, it, we, we talked about it, you know, grasping the immensity of this glorious way of life he has for his followers, his followers. So what do we do? We create an opportunity for, uh, for people to serve and be activated in their gifting and passions uh, through teams, all right, to, to really to build the kingdom of God. Teams is what makes every service here at Northwood happen. Without teams, we can't do what we're doing right now. Just take away the kids team. Just take away that one team. This ain't happening right here. We'd all be done, all right? It'd be like a five-minute message, high fives, see y'all later. You know, when you bring literally like 200 kids below the age of five or below the age of 12 into a room, things change. The dynamics change. We don't have this cool, nice, quiet transition with nice blue lighting and we're like, oh, man, this is beautiful. No, it's like lights are on. Everybody's like, you better, you know? It's just not as... It's not as relaxing and meditative and you know what I'm saying? You just don't have that opportunity. You just, it's kids. And so you take away that one team. Uh, this, what we're doing, it just can't function the same way. And there's like 12, or 12 to 14 teams uh, between all three locations that operate depending on what location you're at. And um, it's what makes things happen people that are serving, people that realize that, man, in order to, to keep this process that God has put in our, our care to keep it going, I've got to be a part of it. I've got to make a difference with it. And so, so why do we do teams? Really, what I'm about to talk about, I'd love to spend about 30 minutes, maybe more, discussing because it's a monumental thing, but I've got to fly through it because we've got to keep moving. But it's a great thing that if you'd like to study about it, it'd be awesome. Basically, everybody has, a, has uh, the same needs, we all have the same needs. And really, we all want to be happy. Am I right? I mean, everybody. I just want to be happy. I mean, what do you want in life? I just want to be happy. I mean, that's, like, that's everybody's go-to answer. I want to be happy. Well, I mean, how are we happy? Well, we're happy whenever our needs are met. So let's talk selfishly for a second. We have basic needs, everyone in this room. The first four needs are the basic needs. Number one is we have physical needs. Air, food, water, all right? We gotta stay alive, that's very important, okay? Uh, we have safety needs is the next need. It's, it's security and order and stability. We, we have these needs. We have love needs where we feel like we're needed, where we're known, that we, that we have an intimate relationship, that, I mean, we're a part of a family, right? We have this need. Uh, sidebar, that need right there, only 50% of people say their, need, their love needs are met. That means that half of everybody in this room right now, you feel like there's a lack in you being known and you being connected to a vibrant family, whether it's literally your physical family or a group of people that know you, that care for you. Half of people don't feel loved. And that's not a cliche. There's liter it's literally a, a void in your life if that, that need is not met. And all of these stack on each other. So if your physical needs are met, then you're looking at your safety needs. If your safety needs are met, then you're looking at your love needs. But as you stack, if one of these fails, all the other ones, they don't matter as much, right? The next, the next need is an esteem need, self-esteem need. Uh, it's talking about like achieving something, affirmation, uh, self-esteem. You, you need your esteem to be strong. Well, your esteem struggles majorly whenever you're not loved. Matter of fact, it almost can't, it can't happen. You can't have really good self-esteem and, and really, I'm gonna achieve great things whenever you don't feel like you have a support system around you. It's very difficult, all right? So 40% of people feel like those esteem needs are met. Those are necessary needs. Those are like the basic needs that all of us need to function, but they're, they're temporary needs. They're, those are like instant gratification needs. And I mean, I eat, right? I'm hungry, I eat, I get hungry again. 
All right, there's this thing. I achieved something. A few weeks later, I want to achieve something else. I'm bored. That was cool. I got the trophy. Awesome. What's next? Right? My wife did that with running. She ran a marathon twice. I don't know what's wrong with her. I don't. I, I can't understand. I tried to run a 5K two years ago. Literally, I'm not kidding you, barely made it across the finish line. And I was over by the Gatorade, crunched down like this. I had to take my shirt off and like wrap around, like pouring water in it. I had like this vision. It was like a tunnel. And I was like going... It's terrible. Now, it was August. Terrible race. Terrible race. So anyway, that has nothing to do with what we're talking about. Thought you'd like to know. But anyway, she accomplished, she ran a mile, then she ran three miles, and then she ran a 5K, and then she ran a, you know, 8K and 10K, half marathon. Now, there was this progression, and uh, man, it's achievement. But guess what? She finished the 8K. I I gotta do the half. I gotta do this half. You know, there was always this this procedure, this, this stepping, this progress, because... Really, those are our basic needs. We want to do something. But then the second group of needs are growth needs. Growth needs. These are the things that the needs that we need met in order to grow. Cognitive needs need to understand and and have knowledge and understanding the the meaning of what's going on, all right? Cognitive needs. Aesthetic needs, appreciation for desire and beauty. Uh, The third one is self-actualization needs, which are, you know, realizing your personal potential, like, like your personal potential, your self-fulfillment, being the best at something, says 2% of people actually feel like they're meeting those needs, like those needs in their life that they're accomplishing, that they're reaching, those needs are being met. Point, let's see, 0.1% of college students, by the way, 0.1% of college students actually feel like they're really like taking ground. Like I'm talking, yes, self-actualization, man. That's kind of sad, I mean, man, when you really think about it, in this room, there might only be 2% of people that really feel like I'm at that level of my life. I'm growing and taking ground. There's a lot of different reasons why these fail or why we, we, feel, we feel solidified in something, in a relationship or whatever. And we're like, okay, next step, I'm going here. And then that relationship fails. And what do we do? We have to take three steps back. But all of this leads to this other need. And it's transcendence needs. Transcendence needs. This need is only met whenever you're helping other people meet their needs. And this need is really the need that provides true happiness, fulfillment. It's helping other people. We are programmed by God to want to help other people. We're programmed by God to do it. It's not like, oh, I'm really, I'm really good at helping people. Oh, I'm not really good at helping people. No, we're all, we're all supposed to help people, but there are certain things that get in the way of that like sin, selfishness, certain things that, right, kind of, I ain't got time for anybody else because I'm looking at my own thing, what I got going on. That's selfishness. But really God's made us and designed us to want to and need to help other people meet their needs. Now that's a really long way of saying we're created to make a difference and we must make a difference where we're at. Again, this thing can really mushroom into a whole teaching. It's really awesome. And there's a whole spiritual component to it if we really break it down and look at it, uh, a spiritual uh, meaning to all of this. But we need to keep growing. We need to keep helping other people. We need to make a difference. So how do we do that? Well, we provide some opportunities for you to do that to fulfill these needs, to, to make a difference. In-house teams is a huge way. Again, in case you don't know what an in-house team is, literally the media team, the worship team, uh, parking lot, first impressions, anything that happens on a Sunday is all teams. That's how it happens. Coffee, sipping that coffee, somebody had to make that coffee for you. 
you know. It didn't just magically happen, all right. So, look, if you come every week and you, you drink, like, four cups of coffee and you're not on a team, I want to encourage you. <laughs> you should go make some coffee, all right. And by the way, by the way, if the coffee ain't good, if it's nasty, all right, why don't you join the team and show them how to do it, right? Be a part, all right? Anyway, not just, oh, dude, I, a few weeks ago I was preaching and I almost laughed because a guy, a guy was sitting towards the back and, and he was like, listening and he went, <laughs> I was like, must not be a good day today, you know? It was bad coffee that day, I don't know. Just funny, some of the things you see whenever, anyway. So, um, so we do in-house teams, we do serve groups, community outreaches, and also we talk a lot about having a lifestyle of servitude. Because man, look, we're designed this way, and sometimes you gotta get kind of kicked in the backside to do some things, right? You gotta, it's like, no, I'm telling you, man, this is what the Bible says, I'm gonna do it. And when you do it, you're like, this is real. Like, whoa. And then all the other things kind of lose their value like selfishness, because you're kind of like, eh, you know, I'm going to be hungry tomorrow. You know what I'm saying? Those, those, those needs are going to come right back up. Anyway, those are the four things. Those are the four ways that we want to help people. And I want to encourage you with this thought that every single one of you in this room has a next step. That is something that we're going to begin to talk about more, is that every single one of you, no matter where you're at in this process personally, okay, if, if you know God, but you've never been in a place where you can find some freedom, your next step is to get in a small group. You've got to get in a small group, all right? Maybe you're new here, you haven't been through growth track, it's time to go through growth track. Maybe you're not on a team, it's time to get on a team. And then you say, well, what after that? Because many of you in here, you've done all that. You've been a part of all that. And you're like, okay, I've been in this thing for two or three years. And, uh, huh, well, again, this transcendence need, we're, we're, we're programmed to want to help people. Let me tell you what your responsibility is and your next step is, is to begin to take people through that process yourself. To go outside of the walls, to go to your family and friends and begin to share Jesus with them so that they can experience this right here. And that, my friend, is never done. We're never done with that. There, there, is, there is no stopping point there. We cannot forget the Why? We are here to reach people to help them to know God and help them be free and come along in this process. And it never stops, never stops. Let's not be distracted by it. So you might say, what's some of my next steps? Like again, I, I said, if, if you are a, uh, you've been saved, not been baptized, sign up for baptism, northwood.tv slash baptize, and you can sign up to get baptized in February. Um, maybe you've been in a small group and you've never been a small group leader. We have about 21 small groups in this um, currently right now in this campus alone. We need 25 more groups. That's what we need. Not want, we need 25 more groups, all right? Uh, why? Because people need to find freedom. People need to find relationships. And you guys, like y'all, y'all are the ones that are gonna make that happen, okay? Like many times, especially in our culture, there's this gap between somebody saying, hey, we really could use a few volunteers to do this, a gap between that communication and the thing in the seat that says, he's actually talking to me. He's talking to me, like I should, man. So ask, your ask yourself this question, if, if I led a small group, what kind of small group could I lead? That question, think about it. And what you do, your next step from that is to actually go online, northwood.tv slash smallgroups, fill out an opportunity form, and you start a small group. It's not hard. It's not hard to lead a small group. It is necessary, though, for other people and for you, but more for other people, all right? 
Yeah, 25 is going to be easy. <laughs> yeah, I should have raised the bar. I should have said 50. Man. We've had a good year this year. We, uh, many of you might not know that, but we, we've got some people from each location that every week are in our local jails and uh, in Wiggins and here in Harrison County, and uh, they are communicating Jesus to people. And uh, 60 people this year got saved and, and uh, we're linked up with some other people in there. And it's phenomenal uh, to see our service like on the wall. You know what I'm saying? That, that's exciting. It's one, of, it's one of those things that's just, yes, you know, and, and I mean, people that are at their lowest point. Uh, now we're doing our part to help out. By the way, if you, if you want to be a part of that ministry, which is very difficult to be a part of that ministry, but if you really want to be a part of it, um, uh, like the funnel thing, it's a tight funnel, okay? It needs to be. But uh, Mr. Ken Timms is really uh, heading that up. And uh, that's a wonderful sweater, by the way. Just festive and yeah. Next week too. Yeah, it's good. It's good. It's just bright, cheery. It's good. So Mr. Ken's um, uh, really, he's, he's been doing that for a long time. How, how long have you been? Years, decades, his whole life since the beginning. Anyway, so get a part of that. It's really awesome. But anyway, what I want to do real quick is I want to spotlight some ministries for you and, and let you know about some things that are coming up this next year. Uh, and, and just so that we can kind of be on the same page about some things. I want to talk about our next gen ministry, our kids, five through 12. In 2016, uh, we did some things. We, we changed our curriculum. In case you didn't know, we went to Orange Curriculum, which has been awesome in that. Again, we went to small groups in the services. And uh, between those things and building our volunteer base in kids, uh, Stephen, Pastor Stephen, our, our, our youth pastor, and really just our next-gen pastor all around, five through, uh, through 18-ish. Uh, he's worked very diligently, very hard, long hours to make some big changes, and um, it's evident. It's awesome. And so your kids are well cared for. They're being taught things that matter, right? So uh, in this coming year, uh, there's going to be more in parental involvement, all right? We don't look at our kids' ministry like a daycare where, oh, good, got them dropped off, <laughs> you know? Woo! Got an hour and a half of daycare. No. No, we want you to be involved in that process because it's important that they are getting the same information at church as what they're seeing modeled at home, all right? That is what's huge. It's the one-two punch. It's what makes this thing happen with your kids. And so we want you to be involved in that process. And also we have some serving opportunities, a backpack, uh, school supply. Uh, we have family-oriented serve days. And um, also we want to continue to resource you as parents to link up with what's going on. And uh, for Impact, this past year, we started Parent Nights. We invited all the parents out. I think it was three times this year, and we're going to continue to do that. I think it's so important to, for you to know what's going on in Impact. And uh, as parents, think that every, every kid should have at least one parent there every single time, like without a doubt. You should be there. Uh, you showing up legitimizes the ministry that you're sending them to, by the way. Okay, I want you to know that you, you are showing value by being in that place. So be there whenever you see that come up. Uh, again, we want to continue to resource you. And, um, and, uh, and also we, we've built the volunteer, volunteer base in that ministry uh, quite a bit, actually, over the last year. And so that ministry is awesome. They had a phenomenal Christmas party last week. And, uh, man, those guys had some, some guys dancing that I never thought I'd ever see ever dance. And uh, they did good, though. It was pretty good. It was decent. It's better than me, I guess. I don't know. Anyway, 
The big change for this year of impact though, I wanna let you know about is that we're gonna be changing our services to Sunday night. And with that, we're gonna do one Sunday night service each month and that's gonna be on the first Sunday. And the other Sunday nights, the other three Sunday nights, we are gonna do small groups. And small groups are gonna meet by, uh, by location, all right? So Gulfport's gonna have their, their groups, Wiggins and Long Beach. That's gonna cut down on a lot of travel time. There's a lot of kids that, man, they live in Poplarville. Get here on a Wednesday night, it's like 45 minutes to an hour just to make their way here. So school night's not working out very well. So we're gonna tw uh, tweak that a little bit. And uh, so Sunday nights is gonna be impact night, basically, where we have a service and then three small groups. Super excited about that. It's gonna start in February, all right? So be looking out for the, uh, for the announcements for that. Small groups this past year, we changed our schedules from semester three, three semesters. We went to free market, which means, hey, man, if you wanna have a four-week group, that's awesome. If you wanna have a year-long group, that's awesome as long as people still show up, <laughs> all right? <laughs> if nobody's coming to your small group, it is no longer a small group, all right? <laughs> it is just you having some coffee by yourself. <laughs> so... This coming year though, we are, uh, again, we're gonna be launching in February. Uh, all of our small groups are relaunching them. We got some ideas about some church-wide small groups that we could do, uh, really excited about that. But the main thing that we're doing this year is we're gonna have two LIFE, uh, uh, um, what's the word, semester? That's what I mean. Yeah, sure, semesters. Two LIFE semesters, and uh, it's a 12-week uh, small group with a retreat at the end. And, and we've seen powerful things happen in these groups. Uh, it's not like, ah, it'd be cool if you did. You need to. Why? To find freedom. We don't do anything just to have a good time. It's, there's a purpose. The purpose is that there's some deep-rooted things that have got to be dealt with. It doesn't matter if you've been in church your whole life, been there, done that myself. There still is something about sin in your life and the, and the ploys of the enemy that want to break you down. And uh, man, you need, you need some freedom in that area. And so, so do it. When you see it come up on the screens, go and sign up and show up, all right? So uh, quickly talk about some, uh, oh, we got teams here. Teams in 2016, by the way, we, have a, we currently have 670 people on teams at Northwood. Uh, and, and we need 90 more right now. 90 more people between all three locations. Uh, we, we need 90 more people, okay? Things are going great uh, and, and, and will continue to go great. But uh, just let me give you an example about the worship team. Um, most people think like the worship team, they've got just like benches of people waiting to serve on the worship team. I mean, come on. No, we don't. Um, we have two main guitarists here and we have one more that uh, plays keys a lot. So really we have two and a half uh, guitarists here, electric guitarists. So if you play guitar, welcome. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, if you play bass, come on. If, you, if, you're a, if you're a male and you sing, please, come on. Me and Blake been holding it down for like two years, you know? We need, we need some, something about men and singing. Guys, you know it's okay to sing. It's okay to sing. It's okay, it's okay to be expressive, you know? All right? But, uh, man, if you got some ability, in order to move this thing forward, uh, I mean, we are puzzle pieces in this place. And we've got to be that puzzle piece in order for the picture to be displayed. So I want to encourage all of you, get involved, get on a team. If the coffee's nasty, go join that team, help them out. You know what I'm saying? I don't think the coffee's nasty, yeah. But uh, so uh, we do want to add 90 more people. And uh, we also want to continue building the culture of in-house teams uh, to a, uh, a culture of community. So missions, 2016 missions. Again, we gave over $220,000 to missions in 2016. 
that's kind of cool. Those who clapped are the ones who gave. The other ones are like, who cares? All right, $220,000. It's a lot. It's 18% more than we did in 2015. It's growth. That's exciting. Local missions. We uh, we blessed three local elementary schools with $30,000 and held an appreciation lunch for over 200 school teachers and staff. That was one of the highlights of the year, to be in a room of people who are giving everything they got to teach the next generation. Whenever they saw the dollar sign, um, tears flowed quickly, you know, and, and it, was, it was an awesome experience. And uh, if you haven't seen it, go online, go look at our Facebook page, go back a few months and, uh, and look at the reaction. It was just great to be a part of that. So that's so what we did. We helped some schools out. Serve day, we had over 400 people uh, serve our, our South Mississippi area. Uh, NC Kids packed over 800 shoe boxes for Operation Christmas Child a few weeks ago. Uh, Camping for Hope, we ministered to over 150 homeless people just recently down on the beach and uh, gave them some things to help them out through this next winter um, that were, oh, it just hit today, actually, today. It just decided. I'll show up. So uh, national missions, we helped out in Louisiana with the flood victims. We sent over 150 volunteers there, demoed a couple churches and 10 homes, and we served hundreds of hot meals to people that were desperate to have them. Look, there were some desperate people there. They didn't care how long that spaghetti had been sitting in the truck. They grabbed it and ate it. They were like, thank God. I mean, desperation. It was awesome to be a part of that as well. Um, so we helped some people out there. Art churches, again, we, uh, we gave $60,000 this past year to Art to help plant some churches. Uh, over, over 600 churches have been planted since we've been a part of Art, which is just exciting. 270 people average attend each of those locations. And uh, global missions, kind of getting outside of the box here. We invested over $80,000 in church leaders and church planning projects all over the world. We're part of Surge, uh, which is a global uh, church planning movement that we're a part of. And, and they planted, uh, we were a part of planting over 10 churches in that. 87 children from, uh, in Africa were sponsored by Northwood during Child Sponsorship uh, Sunday. Uh, if you guys were here, Children's Cup came through and 87 kids were picked up that day. Uh, phenomenal. It's a big deal. I mean, without us, these kids aren't being cared for. They don't have schooling. They don't, I mean, we're paying for that. That's just exciting. So uh, also missions trips. We sent over 40 people on missions trips. Uh, some went to the Palmer Home Orphanage. Some went to the LA Dream Center. Some went to Guatemala. And then some uh, went on the daunting trip uh, to Rio Coco, the, along the Rio Coco River. And uh, none of you laughed because you don't know. It was nasty. I mean, they took some pictures and it was bad. Uh, anyway, great job, guys. I'm glad you made it back. So uh, that's just a snapshot of some of the things. Yeah. And then lastly, if you might want to take your phone out, we're going to put up some dates for this upcoming year that you can snap a picture of. I'll put it on your calendar now in 2017. In January, which is just like two weeks from now, every Sunday night starting January 8th, we're going to have a prayer and worship time here from 6 to 7 o'clock. Um, every Sunday 8th, uh, starting January 8th, prayer and worship every Sunday night, okay? So be a part of that, come out. And, uh, and then the last week of that month, the last Sunday night, it's all, ac- all access times three. All three locations are gonna meet here and uh, we're really gonna talk about the church, the upcoming year, some deeper things about the things that we're talking about today. Also wanna let you know that starting in January is the year of the Bible. What we're gonna be doing is every single Sunday, uh, we're gonna be teaching through the Bible. So we are going along with the one year Bible. If you guys have heard about that, we got them in the hub. You can 
can buy one, pick one up, start reading it starting January 1st. And we're gonna be highlighting different stories every single Sunday as we go through this year. Man, to really, let's learn the Bible. Let's learn about God. Let's, let's, let's take some next steps in understanding, like not just a vague look at what the Bible is. Ah, oh, it's just this big book. I don't really understand. No, what's going on in Genesis? Now, where's this thing headed? Where does Jesus come in? And it's gonna be exciting. Really, really gonna be a fun time. So purchase a one-year Bible in the hub. Uh, in February, we're gonna have Man Up on February 10th. Man Up times three. All three locations gonna come together right here in Gulfport. In March, we got the marriage retreat. Go ahead and put that on your calendar, March 10th and 11th. All right, don't let anything get in the way, okay? Silence, cool. Very excited about that. April, we have a church picnic out in uh, Jones Park. It's gonna be exciting. June and July, we got some family events. Shuckers game on June 23rd. By the way, quick story there. Went to a Shuckers game this past year and uh, we got invited out again this next year specifically to sit behind the visitor's uh, uh, dugout. Reason is, is they want us to make it hard for them to win. So, hey guys, look, if, if anything else, you don't get anything else from today, we're good at heckling the visiting team. So they invited us out. They're like, hey, we want you guys to make some noise. So it's Mississippi Braves, so go ahead and get your, your, your tomahawk chop ready. We're gonna make life miserable for them that night. Ugh, go shuckers. Uh, backpack packing in, 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 in there. We're gonna have an event for that. Some, some NC-themed kids uh, services in the June and July months. Uh, serve day on July 15th. We're also gonna be starting a leadership pipeline coming up in, in June or July and uh, to help people grow in their leadership, take it to the next level. And uh, then in September, we're gonna have a BFF times three, September 30th. So all the ladies are excited about that, sorta. It's lunchtime, y'all are fading quick. It's all right, we're wrapping up, y'all, I feel it. You're like, oh my gosh, it's 12.43. We're usually out by 12.29, you know? It's vision, guys. It's vision. Come on. Yeah. So, and last but not least in December, we're going to have a ballet out here. And uh, yeah, in case you don't know about ballet, Magnificat, it's phenomenal. It's, it's not like me getting up here and like trying to do something. Um, <laughs> that would be fun. I have a mental picture. Anyway, it's, it's a good time. It's, 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 it's a phenomenal time, actually. Uh, they do a great job. I even like it. I mean, come on now. So come on, y'all stand to y'all's feet. This is what I want to do. I want to wrap up in prayer. And, and, and I want to pray over this next year. I want to pray over this church. And I also want you to pray as an owner, okay? You are a part of this church. You are what makes up this church, this community, this gathering. It's not about lights and people on the stage. It's about what we do on Monday through, through, through Saturday and, and who we are outside of this place, all right? So let's pray about that and let's own this thing. God, we come before you. We thank you for all that you've done in and through us. God, in this past year, we thank you for your protection. We thank you for your favor. And God, we pray right now for 2017. God, we pray for uh, more vision. We pray for more clarity in who we are and what we're doing, what we're accomplishing. God, I pray that you anoint the work of our hands, that you place your favor upon us. God, we are submitted, we are willing, we are ready to step out in faith and make a difference in our community and continue the work that you started whenever you sent Jesus to this place. God, we thank you for all that you're gonna do. I pray that you protect every person here as they leave. Bless this holiday season as we go out, we spend time with family. Help us to have much grace and much patience and much love. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.
If you just made that decision, let me be the first to say congratulations. The decision to follow Christ is just the beginning of your relationship with God, and we'd love to help you with your next few steps. If you'll text the word SAVED to 51660, we want to send you a link to our website that'll explain a little more about the decision you just made and give you some steps to take so that you can grow in your new relationship with God. We're one church in multiple locations. We have a campus in Gulfport, Wiggins, and in Long Beach, Mississippi. If you're in one of those areas, we'd love to see you at one of our live services. You can visit our website, northwood.tv, for service times and directions. If you'd like to give to this ministry, you can do that online as well. Just go to northwood.tv slash give, or you can text the amount you'd like to give to 228-215-3421. Again, that's 228-215-3421. Standard data rates and text charges may apply. Thanks for joining us today. We'll see you next time.